Ben Jawalski. What's going on? I have a surprise update for everyone. I oh. tested positive for COVID-19. Ah, you finally won something. Congratulations. I finally did it. <laughs> it took me two tries. You know, I, I took a test and was negative and called the urgent care. And I was like, hey, like, here are my symptoms. I tested negative. And the lady was like, you know what? We almost always see these days where um, it takes a solid 48 hours of symptoms before you test positive. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, I guess I'll test again in, you know, like 36 hours. And I did. And it was a nasty 36 hours that I did not enjoy. And retested and boom, I was positive. And ever since I got the positive test, I've been positively improving the entire time. And here I am now. Fresh haircut and all. Yeah, I know. I was about to say it was one of the uh, one of the cures that they, you had to steal my look. Yeah, I gave myself the John Woolley. I just got to get more gray hairs in my beard, though. You got to work on that, bro. Yeah, I only have like 30. You need you need two kids and a mean-ass cat to have that kind of stress in your life. I'll work on that. I'll really work on that. <laughs> uh, well, we'll talk a little. We'll spend some time talking about your illness. That's a good topic. Dude, it is going around. I've got... It's popping off. <laughs> dude, I got 10% of my workforce sick. 10%. Yeah. Which, you know, when you say 10% doesn't seem that big, that's huge. You know, we... You, you think about all the social distancing we do at work. Like we don't let people hug and we don't let people shake hands anymore, dude. They're like behind plexiglass and yeah. And it's just it's, frustrating oh. because like, it seems like regardless of, and not, you know, caveat, not the CDC. This is not medical advice. These are just our opinions <laughs> before I say anything. It's going to get me canceled, but it's just yeah. like, it's frustrating because it seems like regardless almost regardless of all like the precautions and, and fear-based things that we do, like, yeah, in theory, we could lock each other inside of rooms for the rest of our lives. And technically this wouldn't spread, but it just seems like it's like almost like an inevitability that like a lot of people are going to get it and it freaking sucks. I'm actually kind of happy that like, I had still had never tested positive for it and never really had any symptoms of it all throughout like the main waves that happened and now that I got it, it's like, oh, cool. Now that I'm now I'm going to be like free to travel for the next you know three or so months just because like, yeah, it freaking sucked. I'm so thankful that I'm a healthy guy and I'm sure there probably will be some lingering like issues like my heart rate. I'm sure is going to be spiking when I get like I'm probably going to work out tomorrow. I won't do any like Metcon, but I'll probably like lift a little bit just to get something under my belt. Um I know there's some negative consequences. I know a lot of people really struggle with it, but I'm looking at it as a positive of just like, Hey, I got it. I hope I didn't infect anyone else. Cause I certainly wasn't with, you know, hardly anyone since I started maybe feeling symptoms. Uh, and you know, another really weird thing is I thought this, I thought I was just sore from a workout. Like, Man, that workout really crushed me the other day. And I was just like super sore. And, uh, and turns out it was definitely like pre aches. That was the, that was the thing, but well, that's anyway. what it's going to feel like when you're 50, like me, that's my every day. So congratulations. Every day feels like you have the, the, the pre thing of COVID. That's terrible. <laughs> yeah. Well, all right. So we'll, we'll get, I say we talk about each of our experiences cause we're not doctors, but we can certainly talk about the things that we experienced and how we got through it. I want to talk about something Absolutely. worse than being sick with COVID and that's the assault, bike. <laughs> the assault bike, <laughs> the assault. Okay. <laughs> Dude, I have been on this uh, pilot program. So at the games uh, back in August, whenever it was, I ran into Tracy, the owner and they're at their booth and they have this TV set up and it looked like, like a Peloton commercial, right? Like mm -hmm. got a person on the screen on the bike and they're shouting like those, you know, how those, you ever listen to those Peloton instructors are so annoying. Well, and they're just like, ha they're like way too happy to be oh, exercising. They're way too happy and they have way too much ability to talk with a high heart rate and being winded. Like it really annoys <laughs> me. And uh, so, but it's like that, you know? And so I say, I'm like, what is this? She's like, oh, this is this new program we have coming out. And, uh, you know, where you can work out at home with your assault bike. I'm like, that sounds terrible, you know? 
I'm like, I'd kind of like to Why see it. Why would anyone it. want to do that? Yeah. I'm like, I'd kind of like to see it. She's like, well, would you like to be part of the beta test? And like a fool, I'm like, sure. Why not? They had given me a bike like, you know, well over a year ago. And so I, you know, I still so you kind felt of, indebted to them a little bit, a little bit. I mean, yeah. look, it's a $700 bike. Like, you know, it's not free. So yeah. I'm like, sure, I'll do it. And I kind of wanted to put a TV up in my basement anyway, like, you know, in the home gym for other things. And so so I went and, you know, put a TV up and uh, they sent me a new monitor because it requires Bluetooth and they send you a heart rate monitor and it links to this app called Fit, F-I-I-T, mm-hmm. which I guess is an established app. I wasn't aware of, the, aware of it before, but, you know, it's at home fitness and they can monitor your reps and your heart rate and everything through the heart rate monitor. And you basically just, you know, you, you sync it up to your phone. You, you sync up the assault bike and uh, the heart rate monitor, and then you pick your workout. And they basically, you know, right now it's a beta test. So it's, you know, a few 10 minute workouts, a few 25 minute workouts and a few 40 minute workouts. And I've done at this point, one or two of each. And, uh, it's brutal. Just like you would think a 40 minute assault bike workout is not fun. I'd rather have COVID again, <laughs> to be honest. Seriously. Um, it's cool though. It's really cool. So, um, I did the 40 minute workout on Sunday. Here's what I love about it. So first of all, much like kind of CrossFit workouts, there's a defined start and stop. What's better than a CrossFit gym, because you're running it at home, you know exactly when it's going to start and stop. So like if, if you are a person into efficiency is super cool because Mm -hmm. you've got that five minute warm up baked in five minute cool down baked in everything in between, you know, unless you're pausing the TV, you know how long you're there for, right? Yeah. So it's one of those, like I did one today for 25 minutes. I had about 30 minutes and then I knew I'd have to leave and I was able to get it in because I knew. Are you seated on the bike the entire time? No, well, that's the thing. So I'll kind of, I'll break down one for you. So that 40 minute workout, here's what I did. First of all, it's 40 minutes. So I shout out to our sponsor. I went and did a UCAN gel. I went and got one of the little gels because I'm like, I'm going to die. This is 40 minutes. You make minutes. it sound like it's a drug. Yeah, yeah, I did some you can, dude. I mainlined that shit. It was great. <laughs> I went, I went, and I hit some, hit some you can, and then, dude. Hey, look, forty because I thought the same thing. I'm like, is it going to be the full forty minutes on the bike? I need to make sure I've got energy for this. You know, I've spoken about this on the show like a hundred times now. That you know, you can is my go to for long workouts, and so I, you know, I did some you can. And, you know, shout out to them. It worked like a champ. Strawberry banana uh, gel tastes great and powered me all the way through. You can save 10% with our code. <laughs> so scale, code scale. At, uh, yeah, you got to make sure co. you say the code, John. Yep. Go. Got to use the code. Uh, <laughs> but setting that aside, uh, the workout is very, very similar to like kind of CrossFit structured. So basically what this one was, was you took a five-minute warm-up. And then they had you on the bike for about five minutes, um, working at different intervals. So you'd work for, as, as an example, it might be, uh, four sets. And in the first set for 45 seconds, you're working at 50% and then 45 seconds at 60% and then 45 seconds at 70% and then 45 seconds at 80%. And then the next set, they move everything up by 15 seconds to those same percentages. And so by the end, you're going almost, you know, one and a half to two minutes at those percentages, which saying out loud doesn't sound so bad until you realize you've just biked for 12 minutes, yeah. you know, and, and in increasing speeds. And then at the end, they throw you curveballs like, all right, now we're going back down the <laughs> going back down the percentages. So uh, that part's cool. Uh, but then you get breaks built in, which is nice. I'll give you a 45 second break. And then you'll do like six minutes of an EMOM. That'll be sumo deadlifts and burpees okay. as an example, or in with dumbbells, mostly dumbbells. Or, you know, today, the one I did uh, had some EMOMs of, um, it was some core work. Uh, it also had some, uh, some sumos, but some of these have like um, clean and press like things like that. So, you know, kind of CrossFit centric moves uh, with bike moved in between. And it'll, it varies from doing like hardcore max sprints to distance 
uh, two percentages. So it's, I'm really excited about it. I'm excited to see it come to fruition once it gets past the beta test so other people can, can do it. I was sitting there writing it thinking, this is something I would actually sign up for and pay for. And by the way, this is yeah. not sponsored. Like Assault did not pay us to talk about this at all. I just, um, I just Googled it. And it's funny because one of my friends actually is one of the trainers on there. Ooh, oh, which one? Um, can't tell you that. Um, Why not? Cla- classified information. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's cool. Yeah, I see. It looks like they have like really good production value. And I see the assault bike um, classes. Cool. Very interesting. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's different. It's absolutely different to say the least. And they give you like the, you know, they'll give you the breakdown of the class beforehand, meaning they'll tell you like, like this one I did, it was, you get a 40 second intro, four and a half minutes warm up, 30 seconds of rest, and you get four and a half minutes of metabolic conditioning, which is bike. Anytime you see that, it's going to be bike. Then you get another 45 seconds rest, a five minute EMOM, 45 seconds rest, and then six and a half minutes competition phase. That six and a half minutes was the longest six and a half minutes of my life. I don't care what women you've talked to. It was, <laughs> it was a very, <laughs> the longest six and a half minutes of my life. Uh, and then you get a rest and a cool down and it's great, dude. So I'm excited for it to come to fruition. We'll, uh, huh. yeah, I mean, they got the assault bike all over their front page. So they're definitely, they're definitely promoting whatever the beta part is. It looks like it's certainly something they're promoting the heck out of right now. What Interactive like- assault bike workouts world first, learn more shop air bikes. Yeah. It's all over the website. What I, what I liked about it for me is where I think I'll use it in my home gym. And this is probably more for the people like that train at home. I, when I did the 25 minute and 10 minute version, uh, it was hard, but I also did it and thought to myself, all right, I could go lift now, or I could go do, you know, something else more CrossFit, like without the bike. And so I, I see how I could, I would use this for really easy metabolic conditioning programming without having to put a lot of thought into it. You know, like I can just go in and do it. And then yeah, if and someone's yelling at someone's cheering you on the whole time. Yeah. Kind of yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, cool. that, for me, that's the hardest thing to do in a home gym is like hit start and go. Yeah. You know, and this is easy to do that because once you hit start, it's rolling and you can't stop it. You know, it's cool. very, very cool. They're onto something, I think. So fingers right. crossed. Fingers crossed. And it's forcing me to ride the bike a little bit. Just a little. So I think, little. I think it's worse than COVID, but you know, I wouldn't tell it somebody who's had a really horrible bout of it. So what's your experience yeah. been like? Do you lose your sense of smell and taste? Nope. I've been able to taste and smell um, the whole time. I don't think it's changed too much. For me, it was, um, like I said, it probably started with aches that I like, misattributed to just like, you know, workout aches from a couple. I did Monday and Tuesday this week. I I hit some pretty gnarly workouts um, and then geared up to go snowboarding and had to actually skip a day. Like we were going to go snowboarding on Wednesday. We didn't because there were wind gusts up to 90 miles an hour, which is just insane. Um, So we bumped it to Thursday and like we did, I did some like, went to Pagosa Springs, which is in Southern Colorado and did some like hot springs with cold exposure. Like I was, you know, I was, I felt fine and I was totally fine. And then it was a powder day on Thursday. So we were snowboarding over a foot of fresh snow. It was fantastic. My brother and I, and about halfway through the day, we hike to the top tippy top of the mountain. So like we take the lift up, And then you can take this traverse and basically hike for 30 minutes up to the very, very peak called Alberta peak. And about halfway up that, I was like, man, I feel out of shape. You know, that was it. I was just like, man, I kind of feel shitty, but it's probably because you're climbing up a mountain in, you know, 10 degree weather uh, at 12,000 feet of elevation, right? Like you would assume that it's just part of the program. So still was riding. And then like, I remember like one or two rides later, like it was about again, halfway through the day. I like had this one, like kind of cough and you know, it's super cold out. So you, you'll cough all the time just because of the dry air. And I had a, a cough that had like, the only way I know how to describe it is like, it had the sick taste in it. And I like, that's all I know how to describe it as, but like <laughs> it's, 
there's, there's costs and then there's costs where like there was something there. Right. And I was just like, I told my brother, I was like, uh oh, I was like, that cough didn't feel like a normal cough. Like there was definitely a bit of sick taste in there. And my brother Drew was like, all right, I guess I should stop drinking from your camelback, you know, because like we're sharing a camelback all day. And then I was like, yeah. And then like two or three more runs and every single run, even though it was like pure powder, like I should have been on cloud nine. I was just like, I kept getting beat up more and more. And I was like, dude, I got to go in like, and I've never gone in early on a powder day. So he goes out and keeps riding for, you know, another 10 runs. I go back to the car Shout out to Wolf Creek Ski Resort because they have uh, EV chargers. So our car was fully charged and I was able to crank up the heat and just relax. But literally just from then on out, midway through the day, from climbing that really, really high altitude peak all the way through the rest of the night, driving back home, I just kept deteriorating. Like it just kept getting worse. Like no matter what I did, eating food, like I made Drew drive, which he loved, and I slept in the passenger seat. Nope, just kept getting worse and worse and worse. So it was just like, I just started deteriorating. Uh, and then that night I got home and I have a couple COVID tests, like at-home tests, tested negative and was like, all right. And I went to bed, had the trippiest night of sleep I've ever had in my life. Like my brain was just racing all night. I guess it was because I had a pretty high fever. Um, even though I'd taken some medicine, like I took like NyQuil, um, which has, uh, whatever in it, Tylenol to help reduce fever. But that whole night, I just had like the trippiest, wildest dreams. I was in bed till 2 PM the next day, like crazy. Um, and then got up and still was just like, just in a fog called the urgent care. They were like, Hey, like you probably won't test positive until, you know, another 12 hours or so of having the symptoms. So just isolate, um, of course, like Drew and I had separated by then. And uh, and then sure enough, the next morning after a better night of sleep, but still a pretty terrible night of sleep, the next morning I tested positive. And it was like those two nights were like, it was the lowest recovery I've ever, it was a 1% on my whoop, which I don't think uh-huh. it can get any lower. But like my HRV was in like the upper teens, I think. And my resting heart rate was in the upper 80s, which is like crazy. Um, and then the next night was just a little bit better, but still pretty terrible. And then I tested positive the next morning. And then like now it's been two nights of sleep. Um, I've literally just gone like, yeah, all these, whatever influencers tell you this whole super unproven supplement stack to go on to do this. And yeah, of course, like I text my friends, I was positive and they're all Rogan fans. So they're texting me back. God, take 72 milligrams and then get a nasal blah, 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 blah. And I'm just like, guys, I'm going to drink water and sleep. Like that's all I'm going to do. And I'll be fine in a couple of days. And sure enough, in a couple of days, here I am. And I feel way better. And I'm not quite a hundred percent, but I'm damn near close to it. And all I've done is drink a lot of water. I've had a lot of soup and I've, you know, kept my fever down with a little bit of like ibuprofen and I have not set any alarms. So I'm allowing myself to sleep as much as I humanly possibly can. And that seems to be like whenever I have a sickness that pops up, like probably a couple months ago or a month ago, I had like a little cold that popped up. And I was just like, luckily being your own boss, like I can cancel and move meetings around and stuff like that. And I was like, cancel everything in the morning. I'm going to sleep for as long as possible. And it's like, as long as I do one or two nights of just maximizing sleep as much as I can and then maximizing hydration that tends to help me recover from pretty much anything and apparently COVID uh, as quickly as possible. So I'm hoping that tonight I'll be able to sleep in tomorrow morning. I'll get a nice, you know, big soup dinner in tonight and then sleep. And then I think tomorrow I'll, I'll try my first workout and see how it goes. I love how you've made your entire COVID experience sound like the most privileged illness that's ever had. You're, like, oh, I'm, <laughs> you're I'm it's up. true though. I'm super lucky with that. <laughs> no, you're just like, you know, bro, I was, we had this great powder up on the mountain and, <laughs> but you know, my, my Tesla was fully charged. So life was good. And I'm drinking out of my camel back. <laughs> it's like, bro. That, it's on. so terrible though. But like, I, I, it's not like, I'm, I'm very appreciative. And I realized that like, man, 
I, I was actually, so every morning I wake up and I do like the gratitude journal and um, mine from this morning was just like something along the lines of like, I'm so thankful that I have the ability to sleep as long as I want, whenever I want, because I could not imagine like not having sick days or like, or basically, basically like being, feeling pressured to get up and do work in the, with the amount of sickness that I had. And I know that so many people have like been through that over this pandemic. We're like, they're like, I need to rest and recover, but I can't because I got to put food on the table. So, I mean, the bottom line is it just, I'm super thankful and I'm very privileged to be able to like have the time and the resources and the people in my life to be able to cover for me when I need to sleep for 14 straight hours. Uh, and I know I realize, like, I don't take that lightly as much as I might sound like I am. So no, no, hopefully no, I don't you, sound like a privileged asshole, guys. No, you, you do not sound like a privileged asshole. I'm just busting your balls. I, I probably uh, am one. I realize that, John. That's why I try to look like you. Yeah. Well, it's a good, you stole my look. It looks good on you. you did a nice Thanks, job. And you got the brightest light possible in, in your home studio. So you actually nope. even look whiter than me, which I didn't think was possible. But <laughs> Tasty, uh, baby. Yeah. Congratulations. I get a lot of questions from people. I mean, when I got it, I kind of posted my whole journey on the page and, and did like a, a little mini blog, like talking about symptoms and whatever. And the one question yeah. I've got from a ton of people over that time, and I continue to get this day is how quickly can they get back to working out? I know it's not shocking coming from CrossFitters because, you know, you immediately. Are, yeah, you guys are a crazy bunch. So um, what, what, what is your plan for that? Like, how are you, yeah. you know, you, I'm assuming you've done no workout since you've had it. Nope. I haven't done any workouts since I've had it. Um, like I said, just looking at my heart rate data last night was a little bit better, but uh, the two previous nights before it's like, man, when your heart rate is staying in the, the upper eighties for extended periods of time, when you're in freaking bed sleeping, it is like, it is not the time to like try to bump up your heart rate a little bit more, you know? Right. Um, I'll put it to you this way. The, one of our head coaches we've had on the podcast, uh, Dr. CJ De Palma, one of the head coaches of wad prep, he had it. He actually, yeah, no, he had it once. And he warned me today because we had a catch-up call today, which again, luckily I was able to bump to a later timeline to allow me to sleep. Uh, but he told me today, he's like, hey man, like, he's like, I'm similar to you. I bounced back really quick because I'm a healthy guy and I felt great. Whatever you do, don't push it coming back because he did. Like he came back and hit, he just hit like a light workout, but he's like, my heart rate got to 160 and didn't come down to like for like three or four hours. And he thought, he, he's like, I thought I was going to have to go to the hospital. Um, he's like, it's not something to mess with. There's absolutely no rush. There is no reason to rush coming back. So for me, it's I'm treating exercise as like I'm going to be dipping my toes into the water. And it's, if I feel like winded or out of breath, I have absolutely, I'm going to hopefully be able to silence that ego that says push through it. You know, I, I'm going to hopefully be able to silence that and just be like, nope, I'm going to sip my I'm going to take, I'm going to do the, uh, oh man, what was it? What is Dave's chair? The wisdom chair. <laughs> the wisdom I'm going chair. I'm to take his advice. I'm going to pull out a chair and I'm going to sit my butt down and try to get my heart rate down. Cause it's just not worth it. I I'm frankly just trying to return to working out just so I can get my, I have, I've been out of routine for quite some time now. And I really, I've been like yearning to get back into one. And I feel like on the back end of this sickness, I got a fresh haircut. I'm feeling like John Woolley. I'm ready to go. Um, I'm going to try to get back into the gym a little bit more consistently. But that being said, for me, my first workouts, I think are just going to be like standard weightlifting, maybe some bodybuilding kind of stuff. I'm not going to hop on the assault bike. I'm not going to like my first cardio will probably be like playing pickleball once I'm, once I'm out of my, <laughs> uh, my 10 day quarantine zone. Uh, or maybe like a bit of backcountry snowboarding, but, but even that's probably pushing it a little bit too much. Dude. I'm just, I'm going to give myself permission to quit as soon as I feel things getting out of hand. And I think that's totally fine for several weeks. Uh, and I know it, it affects some people for months. I'm hoping that with a strategic comeback where I focus, I'm not going to be drinking any alcohol for quite some time. I'm going to be focusing on drinking lots of water, eating, you know, not eating like a child, basically, <laughs> and uh, and focusing on sleeping a lot. 
I think just focusing on the basics and making sure that I allow myself to calm my heart rate back down every time I get back into a workout. I think giving myself a few few weeks of of leniency there is going to be really good for me. And then just like CJ, I should be back at 100% within a month. What's, what's your normal resting heart rate? Normal resting heart rate, um, according to my aura ring and my whoop is probably like low fifties. Okay. And if you were to do a Metcon, like kind of moving, you know, pushing pretty hard, what do you normally shoot for? I can get really hot. Um, so like depending on the Metcon, I mean, I'll, I'll get in 170, 180. Like my, I naturally run like, I don't know if it's football or whatever, but like my, my heart rate naturally revs up really, really high in Metcons, which I don't think is a bad thing. For long Metcons, it is, but for, for the short, powerful ones, it's it's not. Well, but, heart, uh, I'd say like 160, 170. That heart rate thing's the real deal. There were two things that affected me, and that heart rate is the real deal. Like my resting heart rate is typically somewhere between 48 and 52, typically. In yeah. um, a Metcon, I usually run between 145 and 160. That's mm-hmm. a pretty good pace that, you know, that's like, um, I don't know. It's like a seven and a half, eight minute mile run is what that feels like. Right. Mm-hmm. When I was recovering from COVID kind of in that first month, I remember doing one and checking it and I was at like 181. <laughs> like, and yeah. literally it was like, I think I'm going to die. Like was a little concerned because I never get in the one eighties like ever. Yeah. And, and, you know, I didn't feel like I was pushing any harder than, than I had before. It was just like, it's crazy. And the other area, it impacted me in strength training. Like I would find myself getting winded in, in what are really basic sets, you know, you do like a five by two, you know, seven by three, like, you know, you're yeah. not, you know, with two minutes in between. So you got a lot of rest time. And so I had to change some of my lifting at home where I was giving myself much longer rest periods in between lifts. Cause again, my heart rate was kind of racing in between those lifts and, you know, just was feeling, you know, overall fatigue and it lasted for me. Now, you know, keep in mind, I'm twice as old as you <laughs> or, or just not twice. twice. 1.5. Yeah. 1.5. Um, but you know, my recovery time should be slower and it, it took me a good, probably 90 days before I started feeling close to normal. And it took me a full six months before I felt like I was back to, yeah. you know, at least from, you know, the heart rate and the fatigue portion. So, yeah. and, and I didn't have any, I'm assuming, do you have any breathing? It doesn't sound like you had any breathing issues. Did you like none of that? No, no, not that I can remember. I mean, like hiking up the mountain, carrying my snowboard at 12,000 feet. I was like, man, I'm pretty short of breath. But I, I think that was just the nature of the, of the, the activity. There was nothing abnormal yet. Um, for me, it was like, I had like not lots of like nasty phlegm that I was mm-hmm. coughing up, which I like, I remember COVID. I used to only think it was like this dry cough thing. Um, this was like very phlegmy and yeah, I had lots of that stuff to cough up. Um, but no, nothing like the, honestly, just being on the couple of the calls that I've been on, like I can notice even talking to you when I come on like my little rants, rampages where I'm talking fast like this, I just realized on the back end, I'm like, okay, couple deep breaths. Cause like I can yeah. see my, my heart rate. I mean, right now my heart rate's like 72. It's not, you know, it's not too bad, but I was talking to CJ earlier today. And my heart rate was like 94. I was like, wow, you know, talking is hard now. So I'll, I'm definitely going to keep a really close <laughs> eye on it. And I think the main thing is like, what's the rush? Like what's the rush back? Um, I know it's like, you really want things to be back to normal, but the last thing I want to do is, I don't know, is elongate my recovery by, well, coming back too early. That's the, that's the question though, Ben, here's the rush for a lot of people, maybe that have it right now, particularly since we seem to be in a spike. Um, the open is in. I'm glad I got days. it now as, as opposed to mid, mid to late February. Well, I guess my point though, is, is there will be a lot of people looking at the calendar now going, you know, the open's coming. And as much as we've talked on the show about how important it is to compete and test yourself, Again, this is just my opinion as someone who's had it. And I think you and I probably agree on this. Like the open is not, a, you know, it's a test, but it's not a reason to jeopardize your health. And if you, you know, there's no, there's no rush to come back from uh, any illness alone, COVID. Sure. You know, like, like if I had, if, if let's say the open was this Thursday, 
right? And it was announced this Thursday. I probably would already have been registered or whatever, but I would very, very like, I would be very ready and willing to be like, man, not this year. I'm, you know, I'll, I'll do it the next year because the last thing I would, I know myself too well to like, if I like got into the heat of an open workout and then like really started pushing, especially if it was something that was like very obviously a, a cardio based workout, right. um, it would be easier for me to just be like, I'm not going to expose myself to that temptation and say, Nope, I'm out this year. Then try to force it. So that's a fair warning. It's like, guys, if you do get it, especially older athletes, we have a lot of masters athletes here. It is absolutely not worth, you know, like r- risking like heart damage and, and the stuff that you've heard from some people who've had complications with, with COVID symptoms, it's not worth it risking it for an open workout, you know, like definitely make sure that you um, either take it with like force yourself to stay under a certain heart rate um, like force yourself to take breaks or just don't even mess with the open. If you had COVID leading up to it, I know that, you know, we're now we're like two months away, right? Yeah. Two months away. I'm, I'm, I'm not planning on this affecting me by then, but um, I just hope that it's kind of, it seems like an inevitability that a lot of people, a lot more people than maybe we originally expected are going to get it again, or they're going to get it for the first time, like myself, um, this wave, cause this wave, wow, it is popping off. Like I like four or five people in my family that like live in New York city and like people are just like, yeah, everyone here has it. It's insane. <laughs> like it's like worse than the original waves. Um, but it is what it is and you just gotta take it and do your best for you. Um, and make sure that you're not allowing people to put pressure on you to try to come back too early. I think you're missing a real opportunity though, Ben, to, to, uh, blame your open score on COVID. See, you've already said it's not going to affect you. So now you can't do that. You ruined it for yourself. That's true. That's true. Shoot. I'm going to blame my open score from when I had COVID a year ago, January. That's <laughs> you know? true. I can always, I can always renege on that. Like we'll have another, we'll have a follow-up podcast. Like, yeah, man. Woo. Cardio is so hard for me now. Hey, can't, you, must you might, be that COVID. You, you might find this harder than you think it's going to be to come back. Like it, I was genuinely surprised at um how hard body weight workouts were and how long it took me to come back from it because when i when i had it i didn't have any breathing problems i did not have the congestion you're describing at all like i had no congestion little to no cough um you know my symptoms were you know taste and smell and just exhaustion you know but everything else seemed fine so when it passed i'm like all right well i didn't have any lung problems so you know, cardio comes back quick. You only have to, you know, start running again for a week or two and it comes back quick. That's usually what happens, you know? Right. And that was not the case. <laughs> like, and, and I found myself in workouts realizing that my lung capacity was far less than I thought. I should. Like, I felt like I was at 50% lung capacity for a long time. Mm-hmm. And it was it, the hard part. And maybe this is the topic we can help people with, which is the frustration of that, of knowing what you're capable of. And like, you know, you right. don't, you don't lose um, muscle mass in two weeks or, you know, not enough to matter. No, no. And, um, and I don't believe you really even, you know, lose a lot of cardio capacity. Typically, if you, you know, if you just took two weeks off, you can come back and recover from that pretty quick, you know, but yeah. With this, it was far different. So it was just the frustration of knowing what I was capable of and not being able to achieve it, no matter how hard I tried, was really difficult, both yeah. from an ego standpoint and and just a like a planning for my training, like coming in, knowing what I wanted to do and what I was capable of were two far different things. And it was hard to cope with, really hard. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's I mean... It's, it's even more frustrating. I know that like, there's, there's always these, these things that we know we're capable of that there's like this invisible force field preventing us from getting it sometimes, whether it's sickness or whether it's aging or injuries or whatever. Um, but yeah, I could imagine it's like, dude, two weeks ago I was fine and now I'm doing the same thing and it sucks and I want it to be done. It's just one of those things where it's, you know, what is Abe Lincoln or he's famously quoted for saying like this too shall pass. It's like, as you just have to be patient. And I think that was, the, I think that was Gandalf, wasn't it? Yeah, whatever. No, um, hey, same, you shall not pass. Sorry. Wrong yeah. One. Same, same thing. Same, same they're thing. basically honestly, They're probably the same people. 
Probably. Um, they, they look alike. Long beard. They do. They do. Yeah. Um, and Dumbledore. <laughs> Maybe they're all the same. Maybe. They're um, all brothers. So it's just one of those things. Like you have to have the long term in mind. Like when it comes to, you know, goal setting for, you know, the upcoming year, or when it comes to like anything in fitness, you can't just focus. You have to focus on the present because that's all you have. But you also have to keep in mind that you're, you're trying to do this for the long term. Like none of us are trying to be really, really fit in three weeks only. Right. Was- like we're all trying to be fit for a long time. So you have to sometimes take a few steps back for the sake of extending your longevity in this, this whole sport. What, what was your appetite like during all this? Did you have one? No, one? dude, I, which is crazy. That's, that's very strange for me um, is not having an appetite, but it's because it wasn't that I was like nauseous or anything. It was more of just, and actually I did have like a little bit of stomach issues, but like, it wasn't like I was nauseous. It was just like, I was so, I didn't want to move. Like I, I remember like looking at my clock. I have this blackout room. Like I've, if you remember us talking about the recovery RX course and how I optimized my sleep environment, like, dude, my room is pitch black all day long. I remember I like finally looked at a clock on that first morning after uh, when I got sick the day before the, the next morning after I look at my clock, it's like two forty-five. I was like in the morning. And I was like, holy, that's PM. Oh my God. <laughs> and, and I still kept sleeping. Cause I was like, I'm not moving. Um, it was more of like, I was just unwilling to prepare or get food. Not so much like I was repulsed by food. So I forced myself to eat. I know it's crazy, but like, I realized like after a full like day and a half of essentially not really eating much, I was like, I have to force myself to eat. The only thing I wanted to eat was cinnamon toast crunch. So I had some cinnamon toast crunch <laughs> because I realized it was like, it's either don't eat food or eat the one thing that seems appealing to me. Right. And for whatever reason, it was cinnamon toast crunch. But then I parlayed that into like a nice big hearty bowl of soup. And I've had plenty of like bone broth and soup since then. So I'm, I'm refueling now. I had a burrito this morning. So we're, we're getting the weight back up. See, I, I had the opposite experience. I was hungry, but I was, yeah. eating, I was eating crap. Like I, yeah. if I could do it over, I would advise people to get some sort of tracking mechanism in place. And even if it isn't necessarily things you want, like break down your nutrition into things that are going to help you recover better. Um, you know, protein, carbs, oils, like you gotta, you know, get the right mix into your body. Don't eat, uh, cinnamon toast crunch. <laughs> and, uh, which I, mean, the, I was probably eating that too, for the record. Yeah. Uh, the whole thing for me is like, is like, I need to eat something. And if there's only one thing that I want to eat, like, okay, fine body. That's what you want. Like whatever. It's better than nothing. You know, um, some might argue the opposite, but for me, it was like, yeah, did I feel good after eight? I was like, yeah, I feel fantastic. I actually ate something. Um, and my body is like, thank God you gave us calories. You need these. Um, and then I was able to use that as like the kickstart to actually eat some healthy stuff, which were some nice big, you know, green, I made like a nice green smoothie the other day. Um, so yeah, I think sometimes you just need to like, even if it's not a perfect action item, just taking some sort of action sparks you to take a lot of good action after that. Yeah. Well, I, I love the part you talked about sleep and I, you know, maybe we can wrap it there, but I think that's for me, looking back on it, I, I slept great. It was the one, the one plus for me during COVID was I was sleeping like a baby because I don't normally sleep great, you know, huh. and you just like felt I, tired and like could actually stay in bed for, dude, I could just stay in bed for hours. Same thing. Like, you know, yeah. I would just lay in there f- three to four hours longer than I would ever normally be in bed. So I sleep yeah. till 10. Like I don't ever sleep till 10 AM, but I could yeah. when I had it, yeah. you know? Um, but I think that's important. And I think, you know, I've, I just had so many people say to me, can't wait to get back to the gym. Don't do it, bro. <laughs> like stay in bed, get some sleep, drink some water, lay off the booze, eat better food and take your time and take yeah. longer than you think you need. You know, yeah. that's, uh, and then when you come back, my goodness, like this, this goes, whether you're coming back from sickness or in my case, I think I talked about this. Like I came back from, um, winter break in college, you know, basically where I hadn't worked out in a month and then came back and tried to PR my Angie time. 
which is a hundred pull-ups, yeah, hundred push-ups, hundred sit-ups, hundred squats, I think is what it is. Yep. Um, whenever you come back from any bout of sickness or extended rest, freaking do it easy. Go 75%. I promise you, hitting one workout or two workouts or even a whole week of workouts at 75% effort is not going to hurt you. In fact, you might even argue it's going to benefit you. Cause I know like I, and I, I like I've done this so many times where I've like rested too long or been on a long trip where I didn't work out. And then I come back and I immediately try to go back to exactly where I picked like left off. And then it leaves you so sore. You can't do anything for a week. Right. So this time, like I said, like tomorrow, if, <clears throat> if I wake up and I decide that I want to exercise at some point tomorrow, which may, may not happen depending on how, how tonight's sleep goes. But if I feel like I want to exercise, I assure you, I'm going to go light. I'm going to hold, like hold back my efforts, extraordinary, like 75% effort. And I'm not going to pick something that's that long, but just putting that check mark there, it's like you did something and you didn't kill yourself. And now you feel better afterwards, not worse. That's the key is like, this should be a positive feedback loop where we're like, we do something, we feel better. So it makes us want to do it again. What you don't want to do is come back. It makes you feel like crap. You feel like you're going to die. And then right. you don't want to work out for another two weeks. And then it's even worse. So slow and steady. We're playing the long game here. Well, it's interesting. I mean, you're obviously a goal setter. And it's a and that's something I like about you because I am too. Like I'm always setting goals for myself. And I've been getting a lot of questions from people lately. I, you know, because we're going into the new year. So I wanted to talk about this over the next few episodes. Maybe we can briefly touch on it here. Like when you're thinking of goals going, you know, right now you're coming off an illness, but when you're thinking of goals going into a new year, like where do you start? Yeah. Um, so a lot of times people create outcome goals. And outcome goals would be something like, I want to back squat 400 pounds. Okay. That's great. And it's a, it's a goal, you know, goals like that can motivate people. Maybe they want their first muscle up. They want to back squat 400 pounds, whatever it is. Outcome goals are great, but the issue is that they're, they can be demotivating if it's too far of a stretch. They can be demotivating if you, once you hit them, because once you hit it, it's like, oh shoot, you don't have any more goals. So better than outcome-based goals, where it's like, I want to be able to do X, Y, Z. The best kinds of goals and the goals that tend to make us feel better about ourselves in the long run are process-based goals. So rather than something like, I want to back squat 400 pounds, that could be a goal that you have like in your mind, you can even write it down. But the more important goal is something that's like, I want to like strength train four squats two times per week. Like that is a goal where it's like, it's not based on the specific outcome of your training, which you technically don't have any control over. But what it does have you focus on is what you can control, which is your input, your process. So process-based goals tend to be way better than outcome-based goals. So when I'm trying to set goals for this upcoming new year, and admittedly, like I've been so all over the place with my life and travel and, and just all kinds of stuff. And now COVID and all kinds of crazy stuff. I am very much going to lean into what are some things that are going to make me like feel happier in the long run. And a lot of those are going to be process-based goals. So things like, like I want to read X amount per day. I want to, um, I want to hit wad prep masters programming maybe three times per week, you know, like, and that, that will help me reach my, I want to look super jacked and be able to lift X amount of weight. Like all those, all those outcome-based goals are great and everything, but the way that I'm going to do that is through my, my process goal. And it's makes you feel better and it's easier to hit. Um, so those are goals that I think that like a lot of like goal setting experts will, will have really started to hone in on this. Like James clear is one of them. And a lot of other like high achievers are like, don't worry about the outcome. Just focus on the reps that you're putting in. And if you keep putting in the reps and you have a specific goal of frequency of something you're trying to practice, that is how you're going to achieve like success. Like even Stephen King talks about like 
I think it was, I think it was Stephen King. Um, and I know Tim Ferriss has mentioned it and stuff like that. The goal isn't to write a, you know, New York times bestselling book. It's to write 10 really crappy pages per day, you know, or something like along those lines. Yeah. It's like, yeah. literally, if you just focus on writing 10, I don't even know if it's 10 pages. It was something really short where it's just like, I'm just, I just want to write 200, I think it was 200 words, 200 shitty words per day. And what happens is like, if you just get in the habit of like writing 200 words per day, eventually, boom, you turn into an author and there's going to be some days where you just run with it and you write 10,000 words in a day and so on and so forth. So long story short, just do some Googling. I think we actually have some articles on it at Wad Prep, but there's a lot of other really good resources about process-based goals over outcome-based goals. And that's, that ends my rant. <laughs> I don't think it's a rant. I mean, I, I, I love it in concept. I'm wondering, do you have an opinion on process-based goals turning into outcome-based goals? Like I think as an example, this time, and I don't want to get into a huge nutrition debate here, but this time of year, people often talk about losing weight and I'm sitting here thinking, well, you know, a process-based goal for that would be instead of saying, all right, I want to lose 10 pounds. Mm-hmm. Over the next 90 days, maybe it's, hey, I want to start eating nothing but whole foods. You know, I'm going to, you know, only sure. eat, you know, one ingredient items as opposed to processed whatever. But then, you know, but the the flip side of that is that does eventually become, you know, assuming you're in a uh, deficit, it could eventually become weight loss, right? And you can start connecting. Sure. Is it okay to to connect those goals to say, hey, first, I'm going to do this. And then once I've mastered this then I'm going to set an outcome based. Yeah. Yeah. So I I think, and I think James clear um, talks about this a little bit, but like ultimately like the way we the way we create our, our process goals oftentimes stems from the original idea of the outcome. Um, It's like, who's the person that you want to be. And, and like, if I'm a per, if I'm the person that I want to be back squats, 400 pounds and, is really well read and has incredible six pack abs, then like all that's great. But again, like as soon as I achieve that, or as soon as I, I feel like that goal is too far off, you like, there's a lot of room for like feeling depressed or feeling like you have no more goals. Right. So instead it's like, I have this vision of like who I want to be. Well, what does that kind of person do on a daily basis or on a weekly basis? Like, what does that person do? What are the kinds of things that they do? And then you build, a, like I said, a process-based goal based off of that outcome goal. And and you no longer make your like, like you're not waking up every day and chanting in the mirror, like, I want to back squat 400 pounds. I want to back. You're, you're just like, hey, as long as I do my two days of back squat strength training this week, boom, goal met. And that natural falling in love with the process of the output and the, and the actual process of it, that will eventually inevitably lead you to fulfilling your potential of what your back squat can, can gain. And that might be way farther than 400 pounds, or it might be way less than 400 pounds. And that's fine. You know, it's pulling you in the right direction. So I I just, I'm a big proponent of it. And like I said, there's still there, if you just Google process based goals, um, there's a lot of really good reading on it and I'm a huge believer in it. And it takes a lot of pressure off of you. It makes you feel happier about yourself and they tend to be way more effective in the long run for actually achieving the results that you're trying to achieve. I love how, when you mentioned your goals, you went straight, straight from well-read to six pack abs. Like it was an immediate jump. There was no <laughs> in between. I want to be well-read and have six pack abs. I just want to be shredded and well-read. <laughs> I like to read things, ladies. That's what you're saying around. I like, I like to, to read books. I like to read books. I'm well read. Look at my abs. <laughs> Rub this book over my abdominals. <laughs> no, it's interesting. I, I think we should talk about goals over the next few weeks. So maybe we'll just, you know, shout out to anyone listening to this. If you have questions about goals or ideas or things that maybe you want advice on, on how to work through this, whether it's, you know, uh, weightlifting, gymnastics, nutrition, you know, kind of all the things that I think we all tend to set goals on, or even if it's just, you know, I don't know, mindset performance, uh, you know, shoot us a DM on the Instagram page, or you can send it, you know, straight to Ben at Wad Prep, or you can send it to me at Make Wads Great Again. And uh, although I'd prefer them to come to the Scale and Bell podcast, because it's easier for me to 
to manage them there. Yeah. And, um, his, and, his DMs are just flooded. Flooded. <laughs> They're not. There's just a lot in there and having to go yeah. back and find people like, you know, there aren't as many coming into the other. So it's just easier to keep them kind yeah. of organized in one place. But uh, however, no, they get I, into I, it, I would fun. love to, I'd love to get some uh, listener questions about goals. I, I did just Google it really quick. And um, we have three wad prep goal setting articles. I know at least one of them uh, covers process goals. Uh, and if you literally just Google process goals, um, there's some really, really good articles. Um within the top, you know, 10 or so results that I'd highly suggest. All right. Well, we'll save uh, goals questions. I and actually have a question from followers around goals. So we'll save that for the next episode. And I'm sure we'll get a few more coming in. Uh, and then, you know, between now and then, I guess we'll ask everyone to share this podcast with your friends, uh, both on YouTube and uh, actually all your favorite podcast channels. We're on everything that's possibly out there. Leave reviews leave reviews and send us questions. Cause we love taking questions from, from listeners. And so. also finish the year strong. Like a lot of people, um, I know I, in the past have kind of gotten lazy and demotivated during like the weird kind of end of year holidays. Like, yeah, I'm always making excuses. Like finish the year strong, get, you know, get those workouts in uh, assuming you're not sick. Um, and be really thankful that you can do it because uh, I've, I've realized how thankful I need to be for the fact that I can, I'm healthy enough to rebound and get back into the gym. So, so utilize the last few days of the year and squeeze all the juice out of 2021. Yeah. And I think that's a good point. You know, it was great that you're healthy enough to rebound. And we didn't really, I think we said that all of this is all this COVID talk is just simply our opinions and our experience with COVID, but we both recognize it's a lot worse for, like I've, we've both had friends that have had much worse experiences from this. So, you yeah. know, consult your doctor, like <laughs> talk to medical professionals. Uh, we, you know, we're just here to tell you our experience. So what work for us may not necessarily work for you for whatever yeah. that's worth. But all right, dude, well, I'm glad you're on the mend. Yeah. Hopefully by next episode, I'll have all kinds of great results to share. Yeah. Oh, maybe between now and then you can get a tan. Doubtful. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like for what it's worth. I like your look. You're I appreciate man. it. I'll have to change the filter on the on the light so I can look tan. There you go. All, All right, right, everybody. Good seeing you, man. For everyone listening, uh, we appreciate you guys joining, and we will chat with you guys next week. Happy holidays. Peace. <laughs>